Welcome to the Pilot Podcast, powered by Wildfire Radio. Where we watch the pilot episodes of TV shows and recap other shows to answer your question, should I watch this? I'm your host BJ, along with my co-host Me Too, and this week we're checking out the sci-fi series Deadly Class. So stay tuned to the end as I make the case for why BJ would be valedictorian. Oh, thank you. That's high praise. Yeah, you would run that school. That would also mean I'm an assassin? No, because that one kid was a pacifist. Mm, I guess there's options. Anyway, this is a pretty interesting concept. So Deadly Class is based on a comic book series, but the general setup is a bunch of maybe high school, maybe college-aged kids. Yeah, it's unclear. Very unclear. (laughs) They're in a boarding school where they learn how to kill because the whole premise of why this school was started by the headmaster's, I think, Mm great-grandfather is to help take down people in power. And he's going to teach them the skills to, you know, clear out the throne so the people in need or poor people can rise up. You said it gave you communist vibes? Yeah, because he, well, one, it was interesting that he used the example of the assassination of Archduke Ferdinand as starting World War One. That doesn't feel like a middle of the school year topic. That feels like a day one topic. Like that kid should have missed that lesson. Well, maybe they're reviewing from previous in the semester, like preparing for midterms or finals. Maybe. I don't know. That's what really got me about that class. What was your question? Oh, about communism. <laughs> With regard to why I thought it was communist, not that I'm anti-communist in the least, but it seemed like he was saying, we as the proletariat, the working person, we're coming together to overthrow the systems of power that be that are set up to only help the wealthy. And then there's a lot of messaging in the show. This kid said that Reagan cut all this funding for mental health institutions, releasing like tons of people from institutions. Then this woman who was a paranoid schizophrenic Uh, was one of the people who was released and she ended up killing his parents and he talks about trickle-down economics in the pilot it seems very anti-capitalist yeah which i'm all for it's odd though because master lin who's the headmaster type role for this school he clearly has money you know he is taking advantage of the capitalist society yes yes (laughs) He said, I am not of the world, but I'm in this world. So I'm going to stack this paper like Cardi taught me to. And I'm going to have, you know, all these fly outfits and teach these kids how to kill people. And, you know, the tuition for this school must be crazy because we find out there is a legacy system where there's kids who are from, you know, their parents are in the cartel, the Yakuza, different organizations. And so clearly these are like wealthy, well-off capitalist enjoying families true though have you seen the reality show centered around the families of mob people like mob wives yeah like mob wives or growing up gaudy there's a new one that's about to come out on mtv i've never watched any of them they're too real for my version of reality television Oh, like legit stuff is going down. Yes. So you know how the fights on Real Housewives of Atlanta are like, why didn't you come to my charity function? Because, you know, their Mm -hmm. jobs are often philanthropy. And on Mob Wives, (laughs) conversely to that fight, 
on Mob Wives, one of the wives' husbands ratted on a couple of the other wives' husbands. And so the fights were so intense because it was literally, you're sending my husband away from my family and my kids. Yeah. In exchange for your husband being able to be home, you know, a little bit sooner with you and the kids. So it was just too real. I had to stop. I don't know how we got to that. Because the kids were all rich and children of different mobs. The child of the Yakuza kissed him in order to get him into the school to convince him. Yeah, she kept saying she had an assignment she had to complete. Which, spoiler, 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 might be killing him? Yeah, so in the beginning, it becomes clear she was assigned to recruit Marcus to the school. And then in the end, she got a second assignment. We don't know the details, but the way they were like staring at each other in the final party scene definitely gave ominous vibes. Yes, there is a final scene where all the kids are in a graveyard drinking moonshine from the school, which whatever, we'll just accept all those elements. Pause. You're right. They did say it was going to be in a graveyard. I thought they were just on a rooftop. Oh, they were in a, that would have been a much more appropriate location to drink city moonshine. But no, they're in a graveyard. Mm, it didn't look like that. It didn't. But she said, meet us at the cemetery. Yeah. We're drinking moonshine. So basically in this final party scene, right before it, the headmaster puts a sword chip or something. It looks like a poker chip with a sword on it yeah. on the kid's face and slides it to Lara Jean from To All the Boys I've Loved Before. And she is then tasked with presumably killing Marcus. And when she appears at the party and makes eye contact with him, I can't tell if he was staring back at her because he feels something emotional toward her because of their kiss or some attraction. So I can't tell if he thought he was returning that or if he understood her look, like he knows something's about to go down, or if he knows something else is afoot. Like he knows the genesis of it. He doesn't just have a weird feeling. He knows he's about to get popped. Interesting. I thought it was the second that he knows that her look is bad news. Mm. But he doesn't know what that could be. I wonder if his family will come up because all we know so far, he seems to kind of idolize his parents, especially his father. He's Nicaraguan. He's Yeah. The actor is really talented. I just don't know why you couldn't do any ethnic matching. He seemed to really idolize his parents and we don't know mm-hmm. anything about his family. Mm-hmm. Do you think his familial history will come up? Like maybe his dad was an assassin. Maybe it wasn't just... A paranoid schizophrenic woman killed them. Although, sidebar, quick sidebar, let's not talk about mental health as if as as soon as you have paranoid schizophrenia, you will murder someone. True. I thought there was some demonization of mental health there. I don't think he was claiming all mental health people are killers. I think he had a bad experience with one and that scarred him. Yeah, I just think it should be super clear that closing mental health institutions doesn't lead to murder because people who suffer from mental health issues are all murderers. Just to make that super clear. You heard it here first on the Pilot Pod, folks. So, (laughs) Your (laughs) weekly PSA from me too. (laughs) So what did you think will happen with his family? So I think we might find out more about his dad having some assassin-related history that Marcus was unaware of. But I also don't really think that'll come up. If anything, that would be what I would expect. 
based on Marcus's childhood where he went to this boy's home growing up and has been homeless, it seems he doesn't have any other immediate family. So I just think they're going to try and leave it as he just has always been alone since he lost his parents and there just isn't more mm. to that family side of his backstory. So they'll just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Beach, can you offer a little background on Marcus, on the school, the different groups of kids, just so our listeners know where we are in the show? Sure. So the school is called King's Dominion. It's an assassin school, or I think they call it teaching the deadly arts or something like that. Run and started by Masterlin, I believe. Yeah, I think so. And then Marcus is recruited by a few kids, Saya, Maria, Willie, and Billy, I think. <laughs> and it turns out that those four students are actually in different cliques and gangs in the school. So Saya is described as valedictorian type, uh, top of the class, and she's part of the Yakuza group of kids. And then you have Maria, who we'll have to discuss Maria and all of her antics this episode. I called each and every one though she ain't fooled uh, me once she is connected to the cartel kids and the mexican gang then you have willie i don't actually know willie's affiliation but we know that his mother sent him here to kind of make him a man make him a stronger person and he said she's the killer in the family yeah so he, her his mother wants him to follow in her footsteps and get the proper training and then Billy is the punk rocker guy, and he's actually part of the Rats. So these are kids who don't come from a legacy or some special group of assassins. And so they're kind of the outcasts and the lowest ranking students in the school. They also seem to be the white kids who refused to join the neo-Nazis. Because <laughs> that note that that girl passed was hilarious so there's another girl this white young lady who is actually part of a racist group of southern assassin yes so they're they're a distinct group of white people who might hate other races than these lowly rats she passed him a note and the teacher i guess it was behind master lynn's back and he, with his cane he slammed the note onto marcus's desk i think to signify like, nothing gets past me but then brought the cane back and cracked it against the white girl's face. And she kind of cried for a moment, but then she recovered quickly, smiled, turned back at Marcus, and almost indicated, open the note. So she went through all that. And I think, I mean, given the nature of the school, probably anticipated the violence as a risk. Yeah. And he opens it and all it says is, Marcus, you're dead meat or something like that with swastikas written, swastikas drawn in as a frame for the picture like people used to do with hearts. Like, girl, you care that much to write a note to say that. You're willing to basically require a nose job one day or look like Owen Wilson in a non-charming way just to pass some swastikas over to Marcus that you could have given him after class. You couldn't even wait. But it's because he's Latino, I guess. Gotta hate on those non-pure bloods. Yeah, the muggles, the mudbloods. The mudbloods, which is interesting. So this brings up the fact that a lot of students seem to hate Marcus in the beginning. By the end, he has friends. Mm -hmm. But in the beginning, everyone seems to hate him. It's the typical 
oh, who's this new kid? We don't like him. And he has a reputation because everyone has heard that he burned down this school. So he killed all these kids and they're like, you're a child killer, which is odd because you would think he would gain respect in an assassin school for having already killed people. It seems like not a lot of people at the school have killed. Right. So I think it's intimidation. It's kind of like what people say who have never been to prison and probably will never be in prison. But they're like, you show up day one, you punch the biggest guy there. So maybe it's bucking up so that he doesn't knock. On the other side of assassins and serial killers are the people who try to stop them. I'm so excited to check out the Audible original Evil Has a Name, The Untold Story of the Golden State Killer Investigation by Paul Holes, Jim Clemente, and Peter McDonald. I saw crime zaddy Paul Holes speak about the hunt for the Golden State Killer at a true crime festival, and he was so good that neither he nor the panelists nor the crowd could believe that an hour and a half had passed at the event, and me and a few other people, I think, were ready to physically barricade the doors so that he could keep speaking. It was so interesting. Wow, that really is interesting, but I'm not that interested in killing people like you are, apparently. It's about hunting killers. But I do like books about killing zombies, such as World War Z. And exciting news, this show is brought to you by Audible, so you can listen to the first audiobook in the series for free with a 30-day trial membership. All you have to do is go to audibletrial.com slash thepilotpod and browse their unmatched selection of audio programs and download a free title and start listening. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash the pilot pod for your free audiobook. Happy listening. Okay, now we need to dive into Maria. So one of the students he meets from the beginning is this woman, Maria, who's part of the cartel group. And she's with her boyfriend who does not treat her well. It's very obviously an abusive relationship. Yes. And Marcus starts defending her from the get-go. Yes. And starts a fight with this guy, Chico. Chico's like, now I'm going to kill you. They actually end up having this fight because Maria fakes a black eye and that like sets them off. Maria walks up to Marcus with what is so clearly a fake. I kept telling you, BJ, that does not look like a bruise. That looks like smeared mascara. That does not look like a bruise. And all Marcus does is see the little bit of smudge under her eye and sprints to punch out Chico, who everyone calls the butcher. Yeah, so there is a rule at this school, we forgot to mention, that students are not allowed unsanctioned murdering of other students. We don't know what a sanctioned murder means, but we just know that normally Chico should not attempt to kill Marcus, but everyone's like, Chico ignores the rules. Marcus, you're about to die tonight. <laughs> even Saya's like, you were messing with Chico? Oh, you're dead. <laughs> Sorry. And even at the end... Chico ends up getting caught by the headmaster. Marcus decides to run away from the school. He gets caught up with Willie, who they have an assignment to kill someone. They end up killing the worst person in Mark's homeless community that keeps mm -hmm. killing other people. In any case, after dealing with all of that and killing his first person, he comes back and Maria was like, girl, that was makeup. All I needed you to do was kill Chico. <laughs> like she was not remorseful in the least. And then she kisses him. Yes. All these people know, it's so sad. They're just taking advantage of the fact that he's so without comfort and affection that they can throw him a little bit and he, that's it. Even Master Lin. So in the end, when he comes back to school, Master Lin is talking to him about, I don't know, trying to inspire him and convince him. And then he's like, here's my gift to you. This little rundown storage closet. I put a cot in the corner. You've never had a real bed in the past like 10 years. Mm -hmm. I know you're happy. 
he looked thrilled to be yeah. in a storage closet. There was a ladder uh, by his bed. Yeah, there's a dustpan hanging over where he sleeps. <laughs> but that was a gift to him, and that was an upgrade. That's so sad. Here's a question I have for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we talked about this a little bit while we were watching. The, sh- the show is set in the 80s, which is made clear by the soundtrack of a couple songs that were like, this is the 80s, this is the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell if the show was being intentionally generic in it, how it displayed the students and the mm-hmm. student groups, because I get that there's a ton of 80s cliches. Mm-hmm. Or if it if it was so if it was intentionally a little bit generic in how it, it portrayed all these young people, or if it was unintentional and they just accidentally made kind of a boring show spliced with gore, what do you think? True. So it's hard to say for sure since neither of us are familiar with the comic book series. So maybe they are pulling directly from that. But I also think when it comes to TV and movies, high schools are never portrayed accurately. Yeah. There's this strong need to put every student in some sort of stereotype and just lock them in that box. And then you have the one kid who's an outcast or a floater because he doesn't really know who he is yet. And so that definitely comes across as quite generic and unoriginal, unimaginative. So I don't think they did it necessarily on purpose, but I think they played into that trope. And the rest of this whole setup of an assassin school isn't exciting enough to overcome that limitation. Yes. I felt it was kind of a boring show, but the exciting parts were, I think, supposed to be the violence, but neither you nor I respond that well to gore. So it was just teenage angst. Or defecation. Or defecation. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah, it was like teenage angst and then defecation, which was supposed to be the excitement, and then more angst, more generic angst, more angst, break someone's arm, more angst, break someone's nose, more angst. Uh, hit a guy with a tire iron till he dies. I will say for me, I think more so than you, it picked up at the end and got a little more interesting when Marcus and Willie went out to find the guy. And then he came back and had the confrontation with Maria and then went to the party. I saw like a, a glimpse of what could be. I agree. I think the best moment from the show was the interaction between Marcus and Willie when Willie couldn't shoot the guy who was running that homeless community who was killing all these people. He couldn't shoot him. He puts his gun down and he was like, I've just been fronting this whole time, man. Because Willie's also being portrayed as classic 80s hip hop black man. He's like, I've just been fronting this whole time, man. And I'm tired of it. I'm tired of not being me. I'm a pacifist. And the way Marcus looks at him and goes, you're a what? For some reason. Because he was like, obviously, this guy's my protection. He has a gun. Also, he pressured me into coming here from his gun. Yeah. So I didn't have to deal with any of this because this man was not brave enough to kill me. Or I don't I don't want to use the word brave. Just didn't have it to kill me. And so it was just so fun. I don't know. Something about that exchange. I made you rewind it like three times. That was my favorite part of the show. It was just so odd because I think with that scene, also the previous scene of Chico, we started to learn that maybe these assassin students aren't ready to be assassins and actually kill. Yeah, they're not exactly assassins yet. And that's why they're in school. How old are they? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) At first I thought, okay, maybe they're teenagers. But I know that the girl from To All the Boys I've Loved Before, I know she plays a teenager on that beloved Netflix movie, which is amazing. 
but I know she's actually maybe 21, 22 or something. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if all of these actors are in their 20s, but I think they are portraying high school students. Okay, so here's my follow-up question. They're all high school students. Why are the girls so sexualized on it? None of them are of age then, right? That's how TV works. In the previews for future episodes, they're half naked in every single preview. And one of the rules at King's Dominion is no sex. It looks like a couple people were going to have sex. Well, Maria immediately was like, there's ways around that rule. Yikes. Because as we know, not only are they sexualizing these student women, we don't know how old they're supposed to be, but we also know these same women, they're making them use their body and sexuality to manipulate people. True. Like how Saya kissed Marcus to bring him in. Both of them. Yeah. I know. But Saya, I think that was part of her assignment. I think with Maria, she was doing it. But also that's what she's been taught. You're right. Like, no matter what, I assume she's been taught that. Yeah. That's gross. So creepy. Let's move on. Here's something interesting. Mm -hmm. This show is actually created by the Russo brothers, who are really famous for doing a lot of Marvel movies. Oh, yeah, those names sound familiar. What have they done? So they did Captain America, The Winter Soldier, Civil War, Infinity War, and they're doing the next one, Endgame. Nice. So do you see their, I guess, cinematic expertise coming across in the, at least the production of this show? What a leading question to get me to say yes. Yeah, I think at (laughs) least the production. (laughs) Trying to get the positive comments out of you. Okay, I don't want to sound negative. This is like three negative reviews in a row. To just jump ahead and get a little bit to my rating. It's not that I wouldn't watch this again. I just was a little bit bored by it. Mm -hmm. So I definitely see the influences. The show itself is literally cool to look at. Mm-hmm. But they just need to punch up the drama a little bit. Yeah. Make it a little bit more campy. Ultimately, these are supposed to be high schoolers. They're at an assassin school. So I think the show is taking itself a little bit too seriously. We got to get some Riverdale style jujube drugs or whatever those things are called. Basically, just punch it up with some nonsense teenage drama. I agree. They should be a little more lighthearted. If anyone's caught up on Riverdale, I don't want them to go that far. No, we don't need no gargoyles and and gildens or whatever. We don't need that. But I do think that they could lighten up the tone a bit. In fact, maybe even just have some more murdering and killing. I know that sounds weird. Yes. But if this is a school for assassins, let me see you guys in action. Yes. What I think was hard about the gore is not just that I don't really like gore. It's just that I would be lulled into this sense of, I don't want to say complete boredom, but just waiting for it to pick up. And then all of a sudden I'm watching two people wrestle and a guy's arm cracks in half. So you're just like, whoa, what is this pacing? Yeah. So just make it fun. Because I've seen movies like Daredevil that has, I guess it's a comedy, but that has a lot of gore in it. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't bother me because you just expect it. Yeah. There's ways to add it in so it's not so shocking and grotesque yes well aside from that disappointment do you at least have a favorite character maria really i wasn't expecting that because all she did was smudge her makeup a little bit because she had to go with the information she knew she thinks this guy is so ruthless that he's killed a house of children which in a vulnerable moment with saya marcus confesses that he doesn't know why people think this he didn't burn down that shelter which I thought the vulnerability was a weakness. But Maria was my favorite because she was working with the information she knew. She was like, this man is ruthless, but he has a God complex. So I'm going to just smudge a little bit of this eyeshadow in a reverse way under my eye. And he going to kill Chico for me because that's a problem that needs to get solved. True. She is probably the smartest of the students that we saw. What about you? Who's your favorite? 
Hmm. I assumed Saya. So Saya comes across as a really cool character, but to be honest, we don't see much from her in this first episode. That's true. Master Lin, just because he is so selfish. (laughs) (laughs) That's the word. He's hitting people when he wants to hit them. He's sending out all these students doing these little assignments for him. He's got the power. He knows he's in power and he's not afraid to not even abuse it. Just use that power at his own liking. True. Very true. If you were in one of the cliques at the school, which would you be in? I wouldn't be at that school. (sighs) Just accept the premise and go with it. So I'm like Marcus where I'm kind of forced into going to this school. Yes. Well, hopefully I'm a legacy, so I'll be in like the Yakuza clan. They seem top tier click. That's true. They do seem top tier. What about you? I wouldn't go to that school. Well, if you were forced to go, what would you choose? My family's from East Africa. In the 80s, I wouldn't have even been in America. So, okay, you're what do you give this show? (laughs) You're going to move on from that. (laughs) I pulled a you, posing a hypothetical, and then tap dancing away from it so pj what would you rate deadly class wow i would rate this would watch while doing laundry nice so this first episode was about an hour and i think there were only a handful of scenes that really stood out so i think it would be good enough to watch this show while you're doing something else catch a funny joke every now and then See some crazy, gruesome fighting scene if you're interested in that. The story right now doesn't have me drawn in enough that I want to watch this seriously and watch Marcus's journey. But I'd be down to just catch an episode and see what these kids are doing to like manipulate each other, maybe kill someone. Master Lin playing his little board game with all the students' pictures. (laughs) (laughs) What about you? I'm with you. I think I'm somewhere between would not watch again and would watch while folding laundry as well mm-hmm. for people who like comic book movies and are mm-hmm. really obsessed with comic books and like comic book shows mm-hmm. i would maybe give this a couple episodes because i was just kind of bored by the pilot but if you do want to watch yeah i think a little distracted is the way to go so that you have something else to do because it is a long episode listeners i watched this with bj at his place and i kept shifting on your couch because i was so aware of my body and trying to find a comfortable position and that's how i know i was bored as hell watching this show because you know usually when you're sucked in you just kind of sit and watch Mm -hmm. and instead i was like tossing and turning trying to find how can i make this situation better yeah how can i improve my experience right now so yeah that's that's what i have to say about that All right, where can people find us? Sure. So if you want to find some other reviews from us, head to our website at thepilotpodcast.com. And you can also subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify. And be sure to leave us a rating and review. It really helps. A five-star rating specifically, please. And please follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at The Pilot Pod. You can follow us on Facebook at The Pilot Podcast. And you can send us emails, thoughts, daily diaries to ask the pilot podcast at gmail.com and you can also find us on wildfireradio.com thanks for listening bye